Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to today's In Conversation With podcast. Please remember that we are recording this remotely, so if the sound isn't tip-top, then do bear with us. Today, I'm really thrilled to be joined by friends of Sherlock's, two of my favourite interior designers, Mary Graham and Nicole Salverson, who make up the brilliant Salverson Graham. I feel like you ladies need no introduction. You have become so well-known and so respected and so successful in the interior design world. How lovely to be talking to you both today. Yeah, it's nice to be <laughs> here virtually. Talk to you about work. What's happening? I mean, we're obviously all slowly gearing up. I feel like the world is slowly picking up again, thank God. But how's it been in the interior design world? It's been really busy. I mean, when this all first happened and we all sort of made the extras to our offices, our home offices, and the, the staff did the same, obviously, we weren't quite sure what was going to happen in terms of our projects and how they were going to continue. But all our clients were really positive and no one wanted to stop or delay or cancel. Everyone just wanted to keep pushing ahead because they, mm. I suppose everyone felt that there was an end in sight that, you know, that was the hope, yeah. and hopefully still is, and that actually they wanted to keep going so that their things weren't going to take even longer. And I think that's yeah. probably still the sort of opinion. And I think all our projects, people were knee deep in them anyway. So it was a case of, well, you, you know, you can't go backwards. So we may as well just keep pushing on forwards. Mm. And I think we've been quite lucky in that respect that all our projects came at a time when the only option really was to carry on. But it's been really nice for us and for our team because we haven't had to stop on anything and obviously great for our suppliers as well to be keeping on working and keeping buying things mm. and now we're kind of whole system going. Yeah, and we're definitely, you know, we're taking on new projects, we're speaking to new clients, people are being really positive out there. So that's great. And definitely, I think, bearing in mind how much time people are spending in their homes. Yeah. Um, this is perhaps a good thing for the interior yeah. industry. Well, I know we keep hearing amazing statistics. I had some figures from a paint company about sort of two weeks into lockdown and they said they'd had their best day mm. like, in yeah. history ever, ever, ever. And, and mm. obviously, you know, everyone is in their homes. I have almost finished doing my house like by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> One thing I have to say is it's taking an absolute bloody pounding. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean exactly. I mean, I'm like, oh my house. God, my new house, my new rules. And I did not foresee all of us living in the house yeah. hour after hour after hour. And I'm like, oh my God, the wear and tear on my new house is well, killing me. We always say to our clients, like, once you get that first kind of you know, stain on the carpet, which I saw you got from lipstick oh my or something. <laughs> but once you get that first thing, actually, then you can just chill out a bit. So you're getting that first thing, I don't you think, know, on my I don't think relax, Georgie. <laughs> Do you know, I'm weirdly, I'm very anal. I mean, my husband calls me Monica. He's like, you tidy me away if you could, you know. <laughs> Everything has a place. Like, I can't just have things floating around. That makes yeah. me really anxious. 
But yeah, I'm actually quite relaxed. I remember my nephew, if my sister-in-law is listening, I love him to bits, but he came round for a play date. This is quite a long time ago and we'd finished the playroom and he was doing laps as two-year-old boys do with mm. a buggy and he rammed it into my newly built cupboards and took a chunk oh. out of the cupboard. And I was like, oh, it's fine, it's fine, yeah. I'm really relaxed about this. I'm really relaxed and it's going to happen. I mean, the minute she left, I was straight onto the carpenter. I was like, help, can you come fix it? But I'm just a bit of a, you've just got to suck it up and fix it. And actually the Thanks lipstick me. on the carpet, don't think I've ever had so many DMs on Instagram. And did you get I, rid of it? I got rid of it. So I've got this carpet Amazing. called the Unnatural, what, you know this stuff, oh, I'm I sure. Yeah, Unnatural Flooring. And I went for the most impractical colour carpet. I mean, it's so bloody pale, but I love it. Mm. But literally, every time you walk on it, there's a mark. But you, but you actually, can... sometimes that's not impractical going for something really light because actually, no. you can see the the marks and you can give it a really good clean. Whereas sometimes, if it's got more of a pattern and you can't bleach it to that, you know, you can't go so crazy on it. So it's a bit like sort of white sheets. You know, you can bleach white sheets. You can't bleach pale blue ones. You know, so I think it's not totally impractical. So you haven't made a bad decision. Okay, good. Anyway, I have to tell you that he came, tried to scrub the lipstick off, couldn't get it off. And Catherine had said to me, you can put bleach. So we literally got the kitchen bleach out of the cupboards <gasps> and tipped bleach on the carpet. And it's totally pristine. So there you go. Yeah. And talk to me about your strategy. Has it changed as a business? How is how you're going to do things as a business different? Do you think you'll resume quite quickly as you were? Or do you think you're going to make substantial changes to the business? I really hope things will change a bit, but I have a fear that we're creatures of habit and we'll just go back Mm. to how things were. But I think we've been amazed at how productive we have been able to be remotely, Mm. say working on Zoom or whatever it is, and that, you know, we spend a lot of time normally traveling to meetings or to site. And sometimes that's really important because obviously you need to see people face to face to have that connection and and we need to see people's houses but actually there are a lot of meetings that you don't need to do in person and there's a lot of time wasted going to and fro so I think we're going to be really conscious about consolidating meetings together yeah and absolutely and I think we we also are working more internationally we have lots of international clients who have projects here but we also have international clients who have projects abroad and I think that what we've learned during this time has put us in good stead for going forward with that and building that side of the business Mm. so I think that has also sort of changed how we communicate with clients anyway. We're more um, mm. able to have virtual meetings. Um, obviously, mm. there's, as Mary said, there's that time where you have to touch things and, you know, and you yeah. have to feel the fabrics and they have to really sort of understand that side of it. But I think actually, because we're doing such big projects based on building and construction and architecture, so much of that can take place more remotely. And the truth well. about interior design, <laughs> for anyone wanting to go into it, is that, you know, only a really small part of it is actually that fun sourcing for fabric and sort of being creative a lot of it is desk-based work which obviously you can do remotely so yeah I'd like to think we will sort of change a bit but I think our strategy as a business in general hasn't radically changed I think like Nicole's saying and understanding that international projects are actually quite easy to run from the UK that's that's been reinforced by this time do you think Um, your clients are trusting you more now to make decisions without them involved yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think yeah. our, our clients, I mean, we're lucky as our business has grown, our clients trust us more and more anyway. So I think we're already there with that. But, but do you think, are they more happy to say, right, okay, you choose, I can't see it, but I'll go with yeah, what you think? I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think so, definitely. definitely. 
for people listening, how did you meet? How did you go into business together? I think it's a really interesting question because mm. lots of people go into business with friends. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You guys have worked together now for quite a long time. How yeah. did it come about and how did you know that it would work? Because it can make or break a friendship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we met at university a while ago now mm. and we're, we're friends at uni, but I don't think either of us particularly into interiors at that point specifically. No. Then moved what to did you both really, do at really university? Close. I did history and architecture. So I've always definitely loved old buildings as a sort of strong passion. Yeah. And I did and sociology, anthropology and theology. So I mean, I've always been very creative. You know, I painted my room endlessly as a child and I used to get the sewing machine. Rearranged the, the house. I was always <laughs> making things. But I didn't sort of study it at all. Right. So you, sorry, you both came university. to London. Yeah, yeah mm. came to London, found ourselves, I don't know, five or ten years even later sort of working in the same industry so we used to meet up for quite a regular glass of wine to share the woes of the interior design industry which none of our friends understood because they were all lawyers and bankers and you know doing serious things and then Nicole you left to have your first baby yeah so I mean so by through that point so actually I mean I say I didn't study it I had done a course then at KLC and had then worked for Nina Campbell and uh, various other designers and then left Nina's to have my eldest who's now nearly eight and then Mary and I had sort of talked about it for a while and then you know eventually I convinced her to sort of come on board and do something (laughs) together I like having the company I think Mary's way more independent than I am and, and would have been fine by herself but I'm glad to have her this amazes me every day still that whenever I'm feeling stressed and anxious about something Mary's totally chilled and vice versa we just it just really seems to work for us that we can bounce off each other like that it's quite rare that both of us are sort of stressed out about something I think um you know we did think long and hard about it because like you say Georgie it can put a real pressure on a friendship and and a strain on the business so it was definitely something we really looked at the pros and cons and considered and we also drew up you know, quite detailed documents at the beginning about what should happen if one of us wanted to leave or go and do something different. So we kind of got that painful bit out at the beginning before we started so Mm. that we knew that we had everything set up properly should we fall out or whatever in the future. So actually that was quite nice because we did all of that and then you can just put that to one side and get on with Mm. the job and being friends. So it's, it's worked really well. We always knew that Mary was going to go to Yorkshire as well. So that was another thing that was talked about right at the beginning. So Mm. that's been a bit of a challenge in the last year or so. But again, has also set us up. We were already quite well set up for this sort of remote working because of that. What do you do in moments where you don't agree? Because, you know, I can't imagine you agree on everything. Maybe you do, but I think that's a real worry for people. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's good. Um, I mean, in a design sense, it's great because I think, you know, our clients have commented before, they love it that we debate things and they know yeah. we've really thought about something in advance. So in, in a sense of the design and when it comes to the business, I think we probably both give and take, don't we, Mary? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and I think there's definitely some things, you know, in a design way, we might say, oh, look, you know, you have this in this project, but I'm going to, yeah. you know, in the next <laughs> discussion, I'm going to win. <laughs> Just noting that one down. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just going to keep that in my back pocket. Yeah. But on the whole, I think, um, yeah, we definitely debate things in a healthy way, but we usually come to, to an agreement. And would you say that your own style when it comes to interior design is very similar, was very similar, or is one of you more into colour and one of you is more into architecture? And how's that evolved as the business has evolved? I think it's probably become 
become more similar, hasn't it? You know, there's a strand that runs through both of us that is really similar, but then we obviously both came to our company with different experience, which shaped our kind of aesthetic opinion. And I think the longer we're together, the more we sort of, we're like an old married couple, you know, the more we finish each other's sentences and Nicole will say, oh, you know that fabric that's sort of like, mm. and I'll say, yes, <laughs> I know exactly what you're describing by using zero words. But I mean, Nicole, you, yeah. you've got a lot more experience than me in slightly more kind of fitted, like bespoke, side. yeah, like yeah. fitted joinery and really technical details. Whereas I came from a much more antique based background but it's actually really great I think that we've got elements that are separate skills to one another we both are interested in all aspects but there are definitely bits that that one is more experienced than the other and we definitely influence each other you know I think that in terms of colors and and those sorts of things I think there's a lot of uh, times and fabrics there's been fabrics over the years that I've or Mary have said at the beginning oh no I really don't like that and then as we show each other how we felt it should be used then actually you know we come to like those things as well so that's been a nice although there are still a few there are some, yeah, I can think right. of some that you keep trying to slip into projects. And I'm just like, no, Vice I hate dress. that fabric. It's disgusting. <laughs> like baby names, you're allowed yeah, to be Exactly. Videos. On that subject, are there certain, you know, Salves and Graham rules or features that are consistent throughout your projects? I think in terms of rules, it's difficult because every project is so different. So I think that, you know, every project is defined a lot by the sort of the building itself and the client so in terms of sort of having hard and fast rules I don't think we really do but there are definitely elements that we think about a lot I mean what would you think Mary what are the I mean I know one rule which is that there has to be a spot for a glass of wine pretty much Uh, in every room of the house particularly bathrooms (laughs) where architects never think about what you might want to have in a bathroom and they never think about if you're in the bath where you can put your glass of wine so that is a rule that we follow (laughs) but then otherwise I think like Nicole says it's maybe more recurring themes like we love using fenders so pretty much every project will have a club fender around Mm. at least one fireplace we obviously love mixing colour and pattern and, and we will do that even if it's in a more kind of paired back contemporary space there's always a way that you can do that so there are definitely yeah little signature kind of SG tricks. A trim around think, the room is something we do a lot. Yeah, and they're things we become known for. Tr- so actually, a client will come and ask for those again and again. So like Mary mm. said, the trim is um, it's what's a trim around a room. So like a tape, a fabric tape that gets applied around a room. Just like a grow grand ribbon or something like that. Yeah, you then run around the skirting board and around the door and around the corners and it's just a really nice way to finish off a room I've got some of that I didn't know that's what there you go (laughs) (laughs) and the way you put fabric and pattern and things together I mean I feel like I could spot if someone laid out a load of pictures and was like pick the Salves and Graham one I reckon I could Mm. pick one talk to us about colour combinations and fabric combinations because you are really brave how do you know it's going to work what advice do you have for people who want to do it but aren't brave enough you have to jump in you have to keep going a bit I think so often people get totally fixated on one fabric and you have to have other fabrics to balance that and to make that also shine and there are lots of rooms you know we do love a room that is grounded on one fabric and might be totally all one pattern but we'll go all in with that and it will be on the walls and it'll be on the curtains and it'll you know and everything but I think in terms of sort of the layering it is about laying them all out and seeing that they all balance each other so much of it is about balance which is 
obviously hard to teach and, and explain to people, but it's about sort of keeping going and not yeah. stopping and, and knowing that when the whole comes together, it will look right. Yeah. And I think that's something we often say to people, you know, not clients, but friends who are asking advice. It's don't lose your nerve halfway through because then you're left with a room that's got this really crazy flamboyant wallpaper and everything else in it is completely bland because you had a panic Mm, yeah so it's kind of you know have the courage of your convictions press on and then make a decision at the end and if anything needs tweaking then you can but if you if you make decisions kind of halfway through it's like when you have a decorator come to your house and they paint your room a different color and you think oh you know god this doesn't work it's because you've got nothing else in the room so we always say to people, you know, be brave, push yourself as far as you can and, and keep going until the end. And we yeah. guarantee you'll like it. And, you know, if mm. by some chance you don't, you can still change things then. But if you if you have a wobble midway through, it just never really works. Well, I have to say that I, I did get home from work a few months ago and they were painting my bathroom setting plaster, yeah. which is a colour that I'd seen in a hotel and loved. And when they put it on the wall against the white, I was like, oh, my God, I mean, it looks like plaster. I mean, it's <laughs> it's just not. And I rang up Catherine. I was like, help, help, help. I think this is a disaster. She was like, no, just be brave. You know, and not that it's the most out there colour in the world, no. the world, <laughs> but it was going on. I was like, fuck, I hate this. I now yeah. absolutely yeah. love it. So it's such yeah. good advice until it's and all also, done. Yeah, you really have to wait until it's all done. Yeah, and when a yeah. client takes something out, so if, if a client does similar to what you did and says, I point through the design, actually, I'm not sure about this now, or they take quite a, an element out. And actually, in fact, that element may even just be a cushion fabric that mm. we had chosen. We do have to relook at the whole thing because everything it's you know it's layered it's together so it's not sort of a real fine fine balance but equally everything is there for a purpose and every yeah. fabric has been chosen to create help create the whole and you do yeah. have to really look at it all so um, yeah and if you take one thing out it could mean that the mm. whole scheme doesn't work it is an art layering I think and it's something we've grown in confidence with as well the the number of years we've been working but definitely yeah. our advice is is be confident about it and don't buckle halfway through <laughs> We've jumped ahead onto fabrics, but as we're on fabrics, I'm sure people listening will agree that fabrics is probably one of the most daunting things. I mean, there are so many, if you're doing it by yourself, it's so hard to know where to start. Mm. I remember going to Chelsea Harbour and being so intimidated. I mean, this is years ago now, but it was like that pretty woman moment in the shop yes. when she walks in. <laughs> it's totally like, like that. You don't belong here. What do you... And I was like, um, can I look at some fact? They were like, do you have a trade account? And I was like, uh, no. And I mean, I walked straight out. I was so, yeah. so humiliated. Well, do you know what? Though? Um, Some of them are like that to interior designers as well. So I wouldn't. Totally. Um, I wouldn't okay. worry about it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and it's so quiet, and everyone's just mm. looking like they know what mm. they're doing. But I mean, there are certain fabric houses and yeah. Yeah. brands that just have great stuff. For people listening, where would you say if they like your aesthetic, what are good brands for them to start with if they're looking themselves? Well, if you do brave the harbour, Tissy Delen is probably our favourite, well, one of our favourite showrooms there, which mm. just has a really amazing selection of English, European and American fabrics. And mainly they are quite heavily patterned and coloured. The way it's no doubt can be quite intimidating because there's so much there. But actually just try and brave through it and, and have a look. So it's beautiful, beautiful things. And another place... A place I think is really good for someone who's not in the industry and is much less daunting than the harbour is Langton Street in Chelsea, which has a couple of 
fabric showrooms, a couple of antique shops. And it's just a really nice place. Penny Morrison is there, which is great inspiration for sort of coloured lampshades as well and accessories. And that's quite a nice place to just get your eye in, in a slightly Mm. more relaxed environment. And also Pimlico Road is the other great street in London to go to for inspiration. You've got Robert Keim and Sone and Jam and Howe, which are all our, and Colfax, yeah, all our go-to places. Okay, good. Although I have to say, I think the harbour is a less intimidating place than it was. I'm talking yeah. a decade ago. I think it, it's a difficult building for them um, and they do work really hard to try and be helpful and accommodating. So it's got a lot of great stuff there. You just need to go with, with some comfortable trainers and um, and some sort of uh, strength of willpower. And they do some great events now, don't they, as well, that the yeah. public can go to that aren't just for trade. Yeah. Some really... Yeah, and they do lots of talks. They're really worth going to and, and everyone mm. can go to those. So yeah. go to those and have a wander around. And, and those days, the public days, are open. They, they, they clear the way the sweets that Mary yeah. loves. <laughs> She's there. But they're trying to make it feel much more welcoming. And there are yeah. lots of showrooms, like Nina Campbell has a show she moved her showroom from Walton Street to there now or she has one in both places and you know those sorts of showrooms are used to retail clients so they are really accommodating yeah also I sometimes think in places like that you need to just go not even try and pretend to know what you're doing like you just need to go up to somebody and say I don't know what I'm doing please will you help me and just like lay your cards on the table as opposed to sort of oh god do I start a lot of a lot of the showroom staff are really helpful and actually you know, are happy to help you put schemes mm. together as well. So it's yeah. worth using, utilising that. Can we talk more about colour? You, I mean, as well as being brave with print, you're also so brave with colour. And there's been a real renaissance, hasn't there, for sort of the more old-fashioned colours and mm. really strong colours in homes. Oh, What's so your we, approach? We love everything in terms of colour, I think. We, you know, we love, at the moment, we really love greens and yellows. And, yeah. And it was, they're really classic sort of blues and things like that. But we're actually developing our own fabric collection at the moment, which has been really fun to look at the colours. And I think it's probably making us focus on colour a lot more yeah. um, when we, as we're doing our own products. And actually, our big, talking about sort of classic prints our first fabric that we're launching is a giant check um called the great check and that is so that's a real take on a sort of total classic pattern and then we're bringing in some really lo- lovely colors on that so in terms of sort of you know using color we're not really limited with it and clients have said in the past oh i feel like we're going in a green direction or um you know a blue direction but actually when you look at the house as a whole those may have just been the rooms that we happen to be working on at the moment and that's what was needed in those rooms because they were reflecting the garden or they were putting something in but we're definitely influenced by the space when we're choosing colors we're looking for colors for our own range things like mustard yellow is really jumping out as a color that actually works with so many different things you wouldn't necessarily Mm. think so but it's great in a really traditional scheme to kind of add a pop of color and it's just one of those colors that seems to work everywhere so that's definitely something that we're using quite a lot of at the moment so mustard yellow what else you know for people who are listening that like right i want to try something new and push myself so look at mustard yellow are there any others that you would say oh look at that because that can be brilliant yeah lots of deep pinks and i think also just takes on the classic you know so we've collaborated with the lacquer company with our lamps that we've designed which are really fun and proving to be really popular because again they're just a nice way 
to bring in. So it's not just about the colour necessarily. It's about the, the texture and the sheen or the type of fabric that it's on. And that's what's mm. been really fun with the... So, you know, the lacquer lamp in the mustard yellow is a bright, bright yellow lamp. So it's also giving you that extra layer and um, and pop as well, which is really yeah. nice. So And I think, I think bringing sometimes like people can be... When they don't have help or they're not experiencing it, I think people tend to err on the side of caution and you might end up with a room that's just, you know a little bit bland because you haven't had the confidence to go with you know the wild fabric or the strong paint color so in those kind of circumstances to go for an accessory that has a real pop of color is yeah. such a great way to add a bit of depth to your room because otherwise it, you know they can sometimes look a bit one level with not yeah. much light and shade and sort of contrast and interest so to go for either a really fun pair of cushions or like Nicole says like a bright lacquer lamp can just add that extra thing it's a bit like an accessory. Yeah. You could be wearing a really classic outfit, but then you might have, you know, a neon accessory or a leopard, you know, accessory that just adds a bit of punch to it. And what about paint brands? Are there particular brands that you're really drawn to that you love to use on all projects or does it totally vary? I think it really varies. I mean, we're quite proud of ourselves that it varies. We yeah. use a lot of different things. We're not things. wedded to anyone. No, I mean, Farron Ball obviously have such a huge offering. But we work with Little Green, Edward Bulmer, and Paint the Town Green's a local paint company that we use a lot that are really good. So, paint and Paper Library as well, a, a brilliant range of colours. I think it yeah. comes down to who's got the right colour. You know, yeah. for us, everything starts really with colour. And then we go from there. So, yeah, we, I mean, we have sort of thousands of paint charts of all sorts of different people. And it's a bit like fabric. Sometimes you think, oh, my goodness, there are so many paint colours. And some of them, look, the difference is so minimal, but actually, it, oh, you know, it's my on the wall, it can make quite a big difference. Well, thank you, Nicole, because it, in fact, we didn't use it in the end. But I thought you had the perfect green that I wanted <laughs> yeah. for my sitting room, which was pigeon, I think. Mm. Yeah, uh, some grey, bluey, green. And colour. anyway, I emailed you and I was like, I think that's it. I think that's the colour. Anyway, I put it on the wall. Wasn't the colour. Yeah. And I mean, I what did you go with in the end? We went with blue grey. Oh, that's, that's, that's such a nice my, one. That's what I've got in my sitting room. And we, oh my god, we tried. What mm. we tried? Edward Bulmer. We tried paint. Well, there's the the paint library and paint and paint. I mean, yeah. I tell you, I've never tried so many. But green I think that's what's really important. Suddenly, yeah, you find they the right look one. So different in every room, and I think that you know people become really fixated on a paint color right at the start, and we don't choose paint colors until quite near the end of the scheme because we need to have pulled everything else together. And to, you know, there are so many different paint colors that you will, yeah. in theory, be able to find something. And on some of our projects, we're lucky enough to be able to mix colors to work. But at the end of the day it's going to be better to work that way around and mm. it looks different in every room the mm. light everything changes so it's really yeah. important to be flexible and not to feel that the first color you've chosen absolutely has to be the it one that goes up the on one. the walls yeah. i have such respect for interior designers having just done my house and for the children's bedrooms we didn't even test it on the wall like mm. she just went in and was like it's that color it's just so clever mm. how you guys just know. A lot of We're it happy comes to go obviously it. just, yeah. And from experience of, you know, you learn which colours sort of react differently. You know, some of the greeny whites from Farrenball can just look so different in different places. Mm. But mm. some of the more strongly pigmented colours, you know, are pretty much always going to look the same. But one thing we've noticed with um, chatting to people as well is I think the danger of seeing a room that you love on Instagram and saying, oh, great, I'll have that colour. 
you know, it's not going to look the same. And we yeah. did quite an interesting thing the other day with Farron Ball and Nicole got a lot of comments from people saying, are you sure that's pigeon? Because it doesn't look like pigeon. <laughs> she was like, yes, you know, I painted my own house. I know what colours I chose. The number of people well, who commented on that. Charts again. Yeah, it was a pigeon. But, you know, the number of people that commented saying, oh, it really doesn't look like that, you know, it just shows it looks yeah, so yeah. different in different places and on different, whether it's on metal or wood or north facing, south facing, yeah. you know, on the coast, inland, all those things. So don't look at a picture on the internet and think that's what it's going to look like exactly but our yeah. ones where yeah. light does well for blue gray because that's what my sister yes. is as well is that exactly. right oh well i'm thrilled we've got the same colors <laughs> that's made my day hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f- are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm just going to fire a couple of quick color questions at you. And I'm asking you these because we're always asked by people. So would you paint the ceiling the same color as the walls? Yes or no? We have, but not every time. Usually no. Yeah, Depends on the room. No. Okay. Um, Skirting, no. same color as the walls. Yes or no? Again, usually we no. Have, usually no. <laughs> okay. It would definitely be totally different. Great color for a front door. What's your favorite? Well, I just recently painted mine invisible green. Yeah, I was um, going to say a really dark green. In a really shiny gloss, and I love it. We always say to, mm. to the decorators, we want a number 10 Downing Street finish. <laughs> gloss. And that shine, really shine, shine. high gloss, yeah. And what about hardware on the front door? Would you go antique brass or would you go chrome? Interesting. 100%. Woo! Pass that test. Okay, let's move off colour because we could talk about colour for ages. Can we talk about trends? You talked about mustard yellow. Yeah. Um, I'm going to come onto your lights. I think they're absolutely amazing. But can you just share a couple of that you're seeing around that you like that you might encourage people to look at? I think definitely in terms of trends, it's really important to use the trends in accessories because I think we are so quick to say, oh, we don't look at trends. But, you know, at that time, there might have been something that's just come out and it's really fun. And so we'll bring that in in a cushion or a, a lampshade or an accessory. I mean, lacquer, I think, generally is a, is a trend. Yeah. Um, yeah. So lacquer accessories, lacquer trays, lacquer lamps. Such um, a great <laughs> way if, if you've got lots of brown furniture, which we find a lot of our clients have whether it's stuff that's been given to them by parents or whatever, but, you know, they're surrounded by a lot of brown wood. And yeah. to pop, you know, mustard yellow, lacquer tray or <laughs> lamp or something or on top really just changes the way you feel about that kind of yeah. furniture. Yeah, so yeah. I think lacquer is a really good one. And it's just a way of getting another material in a room. 
to help give it sort of... So yeah. lacquer, I'm determined to get another trend out of you. We've got mustard yellow lacquer. Oh Can I have gosh. one more? Right. Well, one that's been around, but we still love, and we're slightly leopard? biased because of our rug, no, is the oh, scallop, scallop details. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's here I still knew you were going to say that. I was hoping that was going to be your answer, Mary. <laughs> Good, we passed the test. But that's come through fashion and, you know, that mm. is just everywhere. You know, actually, funny enough, I suppose, especially being traditionally trained interior designers, you know, we've been scalloping edges of curtains and yeah. skirts of chairs and sofas for, since, since we, started. we started. But it's really fun to be able to use it in more detail and to see people really loving it. So I think that mm. is a really lovely thing. Talk to us about where you should spend and where you can save because, you know, we don't all have infinite budgets. So what are the things you would really encourage people to spend their money on? I mean, we do a whole workshop on where to spend and where to save because it's such a big topic as you go through the house. But I think probably, I mean, one of our really big pieces of advice for someone that's taking on an interior design project, a sort of a full project, even if they're thinking of doing it themselves, is where you can do spend on professionals. Because, you know, whether it be interior designers, whether it be architects, a good builder, they do know what they're doing and Mm. it makes a real difference. And we notice Mm. it when, you know, we've noticed it over the years and we've noticed it now, you know, we're very lucky. We work with really strong teams um, on the projects we work with and and we rely on those other professionals within the project to give us and our clients really good advice so mm. definitely that's something that if you where you can you will save in the long run yeah. and, that's and it's really, such a really false economy way. to try and scrimp at the beginning on those sorts of things because it'll only end up costing you more later plus additional heartache and regardless of someone's budget whether it's tiny or huge you know, spending at the beginning, getting the bones right. We always say we slightly do ourselves a disservice because we say to people, you know, spend on the architecture, spend on the builders, get everything right. And then we'll look at what you've got left, you know, Mm. for the decorative stuff, because actually you can be a bit more creative on our side of things. You could use a cheap curtain fabric, but get it made really beautifully and have an expensive trimming on it. And suddenly you've got a fab pair of curtains. Which is, again, um, the same as spending on the professionals. But, you know, and yeah. if you've got really beautiful cornices, really beautiful architraves and skirtings, actually your house will look lovely. And then the furnishing will go on top of that. And, and as Mary says, then you can sort of, you know, use slightly cheaper fabrics if you yeah. have to. I mean, obviously, that's not the total ideal, but that's what you can do. And, and antiques then, are a really great way yeah. to use. I was going to say, we're real evangelists for um, <laughs> antiques. I think as well, when you say antiques, people think you mean, oh, you know, stodgy old dark chest of drawers. Personally, I love those. But you you don't just have to mean that. It could be a really cool mid-century light fitting or, you know, 1970s glass coffee table. You know, it doesn't just have to be what people consider old fashioned, but they can be so much cheaper than buying new furniture, Mm. usually better made, usually more characterful and interesting and unique. You know, so who doesn't want something beautifully made that's unique to them? So we would really, really encourage people to not just jump straight away to getting new furniture made, but to have a look at antiques first. It's also more sustainable as well. And such fun to find, like the satisfaction of finding something is just such a buzz, isn't it? We're total sort of antique website addicts, which is not necessarily very healthy for us. Yes. I mean, we've been doing quite a bit of content on antiques and actually it's been so 
well received, which is lovely because, as you say, it's sustainable and good value mm. and all the all well, the points Well, there's a new, I think, in the past, antiques, again, was quite a stuffy and intimidating sector. And, you know, you'd never go into some expensive antique shop with hushed silence all around you and mm. be scared to ask how much something was because obviously nothing has a price ticket on it. But nowadays with the internet, I think antique dealers have really raised their game and they're appealing to a younger audience they're really helpful. You know, you can borrow things, check them in your home before committing to them. It's a very different world, I think, than it used to be. And I think it's really exciting for the kind of younger shopper mm. to start collecting antiques. Mm. And if you do want to go and look in person, where do you go? I mean, there's obviously Kempton and places like that. Is there anywhere in London you can walk into? I mean, I always presume there's no good stuff left anywhere that anyone um, knows about. I mean, the Lily Road is Lily pretty Road good in London. Great for stuff that's not crazy expensive you know there are plenty of really expensive shops in London but somewhere we would really recommend to people is the decorative fair which happens in Battersea three or four times a year in the park really well laid out so it inspires you I think in how to mix antiques of different periods and they tend to be set up in sort of room sets so you understand how you could use a piece a really good mix of dealers there not too expensive but you know good quality stuff and a really nice experience you know nice day out so we would definitely recommend that people try that and then if you go out of London Tetbury is the sort of yeah. antiques mecca and you yeah. can just um, potter around the country in and, out. and going into it's a nice dealers. day out Tetbury mm. yeah and you totally. going into antiques really sort of helps you get your eye in which is why somewhere like the Dexter's Fair is really good because it helps you really to sort of understand what you've been seeing on Pinterest or whatever and actually what that looks like in reality. Hungerford yeah. has some good little mm-hmm. antique yeah. shops, isn't it? And I think I once to... you get your eye in, every time you're away for a weekend, you know, when that starts happening again, I think then you have the confidence to just pop into the random antique shop that's, you know, in the town you're staying in. And you sort of know what you're looking for. You know what you like. You've now yeah. got a bit of an idea of what pricing should be. It, You know, it becomes a lot easier to do. I did do that. We were driving through some village quite a random bit and I said start the card <laughs> I literally ran in I found the best little table but it's just totally right I just saw Did you shop. ever think you would be that woman that challenged to start the car for an antique shop <laughs> I mean he's like what's happened to you and then we went back on the way I was like can we just pop in there again and I found these little crystal candle holders I mean it was just such a buzz yeah I think the thing with places like that and with things like Kempton is you need to do a bit of research you need to know what you're looking for yeah ideally and this is a bit geeky you need to have your dimensions ideal dimensions written down and have a tape measure in your handbag which Nicole and I now if if you wanted to know the contents of our handbags sadly (laughs) it would be mainly tape measures and paint Um, charts and paint charts yeah but you know do a bit of homework first because then when you go into those places and there's just stuff everywhere Mm. you really can start like homing in on what you like and then you can find some real gems in amongst you know all the rubbish also such a good place to buy someone a present I, we went in mm. and and actually the same shop where i said to my husband stop the car we then went in and bought a decanter for a friend's birthday and it was sort of 30 quid and it was yeah. really really lovely so mm. i think also as gifts for people you can find some really sweet sweet little things Definitely. and you talked about spending money on a good builder and an architect but when it comes to the actual sort of decoration of a room are there things you think it's really important to spend on or not i mm. think it's about essentially choosing a few really key special 
nice fabrics, nice pieces that mm-hmm. then make give the room some integrity. Mm-hmm. So it might be that you just use that on a couple of cushions or that one chair is covered in that. And it's not that the other fabrics don't need to be nice because they do, but you can really sort of delve into some nice planes, use some trimmings. You know, you might have an inexpensive plain fabric on your curtains with a trimming running down it. Yeah. So the other elements in the room need to still be thought through but not every fabric needs to be the, wow. you know, the, the most yeah. expensive fabric I think as there. a rule, yeah. a decorative pattern fabric, it's quite hard to find nice ones that are inexpensive and yes. look well printed and well designed. So mm. whereas with planes, it is, you know, you can get a really lovely linen and that's a good quality fabric. So I would say steer clear of trying to save on those sort of standout pieces because the cheap versions just look cheap you know spend on on pattern and color and then save on the simpler items and then in places like you know bathrooms it's really easy to save on your chinaware so the loo and the basin and things like that because you get a classic design and it can be inexpensive but you do need to spend on your taps because those are the kind of things that will just go wrong and cost you more in plumbers call out fees than if you just bought a, a better quality brand in the first place yeah what about lighting? I mean, lighting's blimmin' expensive. It's tricky, I suppose, because we see that as, as, as an important element in a project mm. and we would always make sure that a good amount of budget is, is allowed for it. But all of this is about balance and scale and it's about having sort of different levels of it. So, you know, it is important to have a couple of wall lights and you can find some inexpensive, very, very simple wall lights and put two nice shades on them. And it's about sort of just balancing all the different elements of it. I think there are some places where it's fine to kind of go high street it's it's again there's so many similarities with fashion you know there are some things that you invest in a key piece that you know you'll wear forever so in the home that might be your sofa you know it's got to be good quality you're going to sit on it for hopefully 10 years but there'll be other things like maybe lampshades that can be more I don't want to say throw away because obviously we've completely moved away from that kind of method of shopping but can be more trend-led and you know you could buy something from somewhere like Pookie, which is a bright coloured, fun lampshade. It's maybe not going to last you forever, but equally, you might not want that trend forever. But it adds a bit of fun to your room. But those key pieces, like a sofa, much better to invest in a well-made classic sofa that's that's going to last forever. And you can get it recovered when you, you know, want a change of look. And if you do want a change of look, lots of people go, right, well, I've bought my house. I'm not rebuilding it. There's no architect here, but I want a change of look. What are the best things to change? You know, if you're willing to invest in paint colours, you know, changing your colour, bringing in very small things can really sort of change. If you change your the tone of your paint colour and bring in a couple of different patterned cushions and like Mary's saying, change a couple of lampshades, that really can be enough to sort of change the feel of a space, bringing in some different textures, even just moving. You know, one of the things people were asking when we all went into lockdown, we were really sort of stuck at our houses. What can we do to give it a change when we can't really get hold of anything? And actually just moving your artwork around, changing those mm. sorts of elements will really make your house feel different. Yeah. And I think so often we sort of feel like right, that is the only place that painting can ever go and it's stuck there. You know, And actually yeah. a lot of clients, especially because we're dealing with houses that have been in their families for generations at times you know actually just moving everything around helps them to feel like this that's yeah, their so own true. space and it's the same as someone that's been living in a house for a while but let's get back to lighting let's talk about lamps god congratulations on your lamps so you've collaborated oh, with the lucky company and 
produce stunning, stunning lamps. For people listening, tell us a bit about that. We wanted yeah, to so create something like a classic design. That was mm. the main thing. And really usable. But the kind of twist was the colours that they're done in, which I think are quite unexpected. And I'm sitting looking at one right now, which is the column lamp, which is a really classic design, you know, inspired by architectural detailing. So we sort of knew that would work really well in a period home where classic proportions were important, but we've done it in bright colours. So I'm looking at the bright yellow, which then makes it work really well in a more contemporary space. So you've got that combination, which I think is so much of what our design ethos is about, that you've got something that has really classic bones, but with a more modern twist to it. So that was what we wanted to encapsulate really in the lights. Yeah, we designed as well a bamboo version, which is really lovely and actually enables you so that it tends to have a brown ring around the bamboo detail. I'm not looking at it, but in the room next door to me, I've got a really gorgeous dark green one. You know, and they're really fun as well. And that bamboo is such a, it's like the scallop, you know, when we design the rug, you know, the bamboo is such a classic detail in interiors and has been around for you know, such a long time. So I think that actually yeah. that was something we wanted to update and give mm. a fresher look to. So you've designed how many different lamp bases are there? So it's the two. two different designs, the two styles, yeah, but they come in about five colours each. So there's the bamboo and there's the column and mm-hmm. the shades. Have you designed the shades as well? Well, we've got in our fabrics, we're going to be doing shades. So at the moment, we've done the great check as a shade, which just looks so fun. And it's been really nice. And it sort of came about originally, actually, um, with a collaboration we were doing uh, with the lighting company, just the idea to come up with a shade. And then we just thought, actually, we've got to make turn our fabric into shades it's going to be really great actually what we've tried to do with our whole collection so we have the scallop rug with jennifer manners and we are developing some new designs on that which are really exciting are going to be really fun and then we have tied in the colors of the lamps the colours that we're doing with the fabrics and also the new designs and patterns and colours that we're doing with Jennifer. So actually, as a sort of entire collection, it works really well. And again, mm. with our furniture, we've got a furniture collection, as you know, with David Seyfried. And, you know, that's one of the other things that sort of pushed us to sort of go towards the fabrics because it seemed like a natural development to sort of be able to put our own fabrics on our own furniture. Yeah. So that's but how brilliant that you're collaborating with all these people. I think that's so mm. smart. And that rug, I mean, that's been so successful. We always knew it was nice, but I think we've been amazed by the response. Mm. Well, you know, actually, it's now yeah, it's still going been out strong. for quite a long time. I mean, sort of two years now, Mary? Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's, it feels like it's growing again in popularity, which is so fun to see. I and especially we're, as we're just about to bring out the new collection. Yes. The beauty of it, which is what we've tried to do with the lamps as well, is that it's something that sits really well in a traditional scheme and in a more contemporary scheme. And yeah. that's kind of what we try to do with everything that we work with, that it, yeah. it straddles that divide. Because as we say, a lot of our clients have got, you know, older pieces of furniture and art and things like that. And they want to feel more reflective of themselves and their young family, but equally need to be sensitive to maybe a, a period property. So yeah. we've been trying to design these products that actually sit really well in both types of look. And I think that's yeah. why the rug's been so popular. Yeah. And yeah, depending on hard. the house, you know, for one house in the country, the scallop might be more suitable for a sitting room or a more fun room, but actually in town, it might be for the drawing room because actually it needs that softening. So mm. it just really depends. And actually we did a really fun project we're doing a big country house that we're finishing this year, um, but we did a contemporary apartment 
apartment in town for them a couple of years ago. And it was really fun for the same couple to do such different schemes and such, you know, homes that needed such different requirements in terms of the fabrics. But actually, we were still using really similar patterns that we would normally use in both houses, but just in a different way. way. And that's definitely what the sort of all the products have been designed around. Um, And we also do a a mini rug, which is a really fun thing as well, and and enables people who don't necessarily have the space or the need for a huge rug to to sort of have a little bit of a scallop as well, which is quite fun. Yeah, love it. So rugs, lamps, fabric, furniture, next collaboration on the cards What's what's next? Well, domination. (laughs) Uh, Quite. (laughs) What's your favourite room to design? I think I probably think, a drawing room because yeah. it, you can do so much and you can I was going to say the same. And those sorts of things. But I also love doing, I think, the smallest rooms in the house, whether that be a really tiny bedroom and a really lovely cabin bed with, you know, sort of all upholstered and um, in the same fabric or something or your guest loo even. Those rooms you can be really bespoke with because they're so small and you can really have fun with. So some so it's either sort of the largest, grandest room in the house or a really small, or the small room. room. <laughs> <laughs> and what tips do you have for a small space? I think try not to make them feel bigger. You know, they're not going to be yeah. bigger. They are what they are. So actually make them feel really cosy and amazing. Yeah, it's like when you have a small dark space, people instinctively think they should paint it white and put loads of mirror everywhere. And that will suddenly make it feel like a huge space, but obviously it won't. So embrace those kind of, you know, darker rooms, basement rooms or studies and go for a bolder colour on the wall and make it feel really, like Nicole says, bespoke and sort of tailored and and cosy. I think if you try and fight it, it's an upward struggle. What mistakes do you think people make for people who are listening, doing it themselves, not using the interior designer? What do you say don't do don't scrimp on architects and builders and things but when it comes to like the decoration of a room i think probably scale is one of the things that whether it be furniture that's been designed badly or something like that but actually scale people get wrong And, and so looking at all your pieces together and also just being impatient as we were saying mm-hmm. earlier you know not letting it all come together and you know I think sometimes scale is the same it comes into that as well that you know it all has to pull together to look right you know you might have one really big piece of furniture in your room and think oh it's dominating it looks awful I can't bear it but actually that's because you in a few months or, you know in a month's time are going to pick up put a big picture on the other wall and therefore the scale will balance mm. it. It's a really good idea for people to do as much as they can a little mood board or something like that to see all the bits together in one place because that's you know a simplified version of what we do or what's in our minds when we're designing a room because Mm -hmm. in that way you know how everything's going to relate to each other and then you don't have that moment of panic when you think oh god this sofa is way too big I'm going to return it you know so to have the end look in your head Mm. or in a scrapbook or on Pinterest or whatever I think is really important tool for people to give them the confidence to keep going and like we said earlier it's it's that problem of reacting midway through your project when something gets delivered and thinking no this is wrong or you know you're setting plaster this color's too strong mm. hold your nerve keep going get and everything think of in. it as a whole not okay I'm going to think of the paint color now now I'm going yeah. to think of my sofa fabric and mm. my sofa okay then I'm going to think of my chair yeah. it's just not going to work and you're it's yeah. going to constantly yeah. mean things that get have to get returned and even if you can't afford to do it all at the same time either because you don't have the time or the budget try and design it all together in a holistic way and then you know you buy something every few months but you know what your end goal is. Like Nicole says, if you mm. just think, right, this weekend we're going to paint our sitting room, 
with no thought to what's going to go in it in the future. So try and design everything together. And then mm-hmm. it's like you've got a little shopping list and, yeah. and every so often you chip away at that and you buy the next yeah. bit. And, you know, and I think that's quite a good approach for someone that's yeah. doing it themselves. Yeah. Soft furnishings can really make or break a room. And as you say, it can be one cushion in an amazing fabric that just gives something the wow factor. Are there any affordable soft furnishing <laughs> brands? Because, I mean, my God, they add up so much. Yeah. Anywhere you'd recommend? I mean, I always think for a plain cushion, and we quite often on sofas might do plain cushions at the back with more decorative ones in front. Ochre is great for plain velvet and plain linen cushions mm-hmm. at quite good prices, I think, in a really nice range of colours. What do you think, Nicole? We definitely will have this in mind with our, you know, we will be doing cushions in our fabrics that you can buy sort of off the shelf, um, as we would call it. Um, and, you know, that's something that we had in mind in order to sort of for people to be able to choose something. But I agree with Mary, you know, actually, if you mainly go for the more affordable sort of high street planes and then invest a little bit in your more expensive mm. key fabrics, then actually that will really help as well. Yeah, Somewhere like Penny Morrison does really lovely Mm. cushions. You know, you could just get one rectangular one for the centre of your sofa and then get a couple of planes from Ochre for either side. I think she's great. Oh, well, Femoy is really good. Femoy do good ones. Femoy do their own ready-made cushions, which are really lovely. And they do good, great shades as well. Um, I think they've done... um, I suppose also coming from the team that started Farrenball, they do a good job with bridging the retail and trade markets so yeah. I think they're, they're probably quite a good place to go yeah and I'm always amazed actually by how good some if you want a more trend-led piece you know people like West Elm or Lara Dute or mm. Zara Home you know they actually have I think some quite good pieces if they're more just the trend-led accessories I wouldn't necessarily yeah. advocate those kind of places for long-lasting quality but for for something fun and affordable I think they've got some quite good options They've got lots of accessories, which brings me neatly on to styling shelves, coffee tables, etc. And again, that can really finish off a room like mm. soft furnishings can. Mm, Are yeah. there any particular accessories that you always like to put in a room or little touches that you bring in when you're styling shelves or coffee tables or consoles or whatever it might be? I mean, definitely some sort of lacquer details. We always love a sort of match striker, glass match striker um, or something like that. And actually, you know, we like we really like to avoid some obvious styling, but we also want to help our clients choose collections of things and the decorative Mm. fair is amazing for that as well that's somewhere that's really great to go and there's often sort of mid-century we bought an amazing collection of mid-century glassware for a client last year which covered their coffee table and looked absolutely fabulous so something like that I think definitely a mixture glass ceramic you know lacquer Mm, wooden finishes different and I think it's nice for something to have a purpose or a reason Mm. for being there you know, we're not big fans of just plonking a piece of stone or a bit of driftwood, you know, to look decorative styled on a table because it just looks a bit contrived, I think. And why don't you have something on your table that actually means something to you or is useful as well as beautiful? So we'll always try and encourage people to start curating their own kind of collection of bits and pieces that they're maybe picking up on their travels or, you know, that, that someone's, I don't know, a child's made for them. There are things that actually mean something to you and, and can look really lovely. And it's much more about curating what you've got and having authenticity rather than just going out and buying a job lot of, of accessories that you place around. Yeah. So that's and something actually, I think books. people can start doing. Books yeah. are absolutely the, you know, such a key element. And that's something that we'll always turn to and try and get clients mm. to 
pulled together all their books because so often people don't have them anymore. And books give soul, yeah, soul to a house. Then, and in the this day and age of you know the Kindle or the iPad and no one really buying books anymore, you notice that if you go into a house and there are no books around, it just feels a bit empty. Mm. I think, and we often find with clients sometimes we'll we'll put a proposal together which includes you know coffee table books dishes to go on side tables and things like that and they'll say oh no we we don't need any of those things and you get to the end of the project and they say why doesn't it quite feel finished we say well it's all those things that you said you didn't remember that budget you know which a coffee table but anyone can give me a candle or a coffee table book any day of the week I'm happy yeah <laughs> I think that's the perfect place. And thank you both so it's much. Lovely to speak to you. Yeah, thank you for having lovely us. Lovely to chat to you. So much great advice, as always, as always. I have one question for you because people always ask this when I interview interior designers. For people wanting to get into the industry, what advice would you give them? I think the courses are invaluable, although you know they are quite expensive to do. But KLC, yeah. Inchbold, a wonderful and and then work experience or, yeah. or sort of. I was you know, going to really... say interning or work experience, mm. definitely. Um, and that's how we both. I definitely did, and I think you did as well. I mean, I actually started at Nina Campbell and then went to work for other people, and then went back to her later on and did an internship there. And I think it, you learn so much. Mm. You know, whenever mm. we have interns, we feel it's so important to help them and to teach them and to help them to see different sides of the projects so I do think that's a really good way of getting in there and working for the sort of people that you want to work for down the line ladies thank you so much take care stay well that's it for this week I hope you enjoyed that do please remember to rate review subscribe and tell your friends and we'll be back soon thanks very much bye-bye When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.